You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Twenty-four-seven at JiggyJaguar.com on the TuneIn apps, Radio Loyalty, and our podcast is available at JiggyJaguar.info. Premium, commercial-free for five dollars at JiggyJaguar.info. Selected editions will appear on the iHeartRadio app and fifty-plus AM FM stations in the Jiggy Jaguar Radio Network. Our telephone number is two six seven two two J I G G Y. The Jiggy Jaguar Radio Broadcast is brought to you by our fabulous, fabulous friends, HaydenBradford.com.au. Let's tell you a little bit about Hayden Bradford. He's written possibly the funniest book published this year. It's free for Kendall's until the 10th of June, 2015. You can get it at HaydenBradford.com.au. And Travesty is the name of the book. This book is absolutely hilarious, quirky, and completely out of left field. From debut author Hayden Bradford comes a rip-roaring yarn, which could be the funniest book published this year. Travesty is an unashamedly hilarious tale of a bloke so hard done by his life. He could only have been born from the imagination of another bloke. His mother named him Travesty, as she believed his birth signaled the beginning of one long, drawn-out disaster for her. But without warning, Travesty's life comes to an abrupt and hysterical end that'll leave you laughing like never before. Travesty is then delivered to heaven. How's that happen to an atheist? The entire book is full of humor and one heck of a comedy. You'll laugh like you've never laughed before. Check out HaydenBradford.com.au and tell them you heard about it here on Transmedia Worldwide. Let's get into it with our next segment here on the big program. We've got Scott Smith with us today. Scott, there is a lot going on, uh, it seems, in the world around us. Uh, you've got you've got this incredible book, God Reconsidered, and it's doing amazing, amazing stuff. Uh, you 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 cover all the religions in there. What do you want to cover this week, my friend? Well, since I uh, since my alarm didn't go off and I failed to call in last week for a substantial amount of time, I'm just going to talk twice as fast as my okay uh, ca- caffeinated pace and make up for it. So. Um, the last time I really had a chance a couple of weeks ago to talk about mainstream Christianity, I made the point that those of us who grew up in a conservative Christian denomination have been taught uh, that the so-called four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, more or less tell the same story, slightly different details about the wise men and the shepherds and so forth. Yes. Now. If anybody doubts what I'm going to say, I would advise them to pick up Bart Ehrman's Jesus Interrupted, which goes into excruciating detail to make this point, which is that the four Gospels could not possibly contradict each other more than uh, if they were written by advocates of entirely different religions. These stories are not harmonious, and Christians think they are because over the millennia 
they've been taught that Christianity, the orthodox version being true, there has to be one true story. So what they've churches have cleverly done is they've blended them all. Um, if you've ever seen a Christmas pageant, you know, the, the wise men and the shepherds are arriving in the same stable on the same night and, you know, all this kind of stuff. But the reality is that the fundamentalist Christians who talk about the Bible being the inerrant word of God, uh, well, first of all, we don't have the original manuscripts. What we have are were copies from hundreds of years later. But if you take the translations into English, uh, there are just a stunning number of direct contradictions. And last time we talked about something as obvious that they should get right as what happened at the time of the resurrection. I mean, the resurrection was supposed to be the defining moment at the beginning of Christianity, where the Christian argument was, hey, could these hundreds of people who saw the risen Christ have been mistaken? That's been the argument. Uh, he must have uh, come back from the dead, because he appeared to the apostles, hundreds of, of his uh, followers, and so forth, and that's what gave Christianity the energy to go on for thousands of years except when you go into the Gospels, they can't agree on any details whatsoever about what happened. Now, you can understand why mythology might have risen up about, you know, where, when he was born and the early years, and maybe even the Last Supper, because there were only, you know, a few people there as witnesses. But the resurrection is the foundation of Christianity, and if they can't get that right, then all of it comes into question. So what I want to talk about today very briefly is this. Christians believe in the Trinity by and large, and the Trinity is supposed to be this single God being who somehow manifests himself as a spirit, a special Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit that is, a, is kind of a separate personality, uh, you might say. And Jesus is a separate personality, yet part of this same God the Father being. Now, if that sounds confusing to outsiders, it's actually confusing to Christians, because they're trying to have their cake and eat it, too, here. The funny part about it is you cannot find anything about the Trinity in the New Testament. Why? Because it was never taught by Jesus or any of the disciples. In desperation to try to make it look like it was, uh, one of the copyists added uh, a reference to the Trinity uh, in 1 John chapter 5, verses 7 through 8. And, of course, today we can check that because we have older manuscripts where it's lacking. So some monk in the Middle Ages added that. But the point is, who is God? Who is the Christian God, according to the New Testament? Well, it's, it's actually not that confusing. Uh, Jesus was a divine son or Messiah, if you will, a son of God, a representative of God. He was not God the Father, which is why he prays to the Father 
in the Garden of Gethsemane. I mean, it's just really clear. He doesn't think he is God the Father. Now, whether he was raised to uh, a greater divine status uh, after death or at the time of baptism or, you know, whatever, that's another matter. But this whole doctrine of the Trinity is a complete uh, misconception that was basically... Uh, that came out of the confusion hundreds of years later at the, with the Nicene Creed and some of these other things that uh, the semi-pagan Emperor Constantine convened in order to try to settle the problems of the Church. He could, he could see uh, that uh, Christianity was on the rise. He wanted to be on the winning team. He doesn't seem to have been much of a devout Christian, but he had a, a state interest in, in seeing the, uh, the Catholic Church get established and eliminating the dissent. So that's when the Trinity basically came into existence. It's taught by virtually all Christian churches today. And if they can't get the resurrection story straight in their founding manuscript, and if their theology contradicts the New Testament, then can traditional Christianity be relied on for the more difficult to believe doctrines like the atonement, which says you have free agency. However, God who created you has no responsibility for what you do. He hardwired you, but you've got free will. He waved a magic wand, and anything you do is your responsibility including if you happen to have been born after Jesus was born and therefore didn't have a chance to hear about uh, Jesus the Savior and therefore you, you're going to go to hell. Uh, these concepts of atonement and going to hell and salvation and, and all these other things were things that became developed over Christianity in a time and uh, they're just not really part of authentic Christianity. So all that said, people can be Christian, but they're better off not being literalist or fundamentalist because the New Testament, and certainly the churches built on it, uh, are not that reliable for spiritual beliefs. So that's all I have to say uh, this week about uh, Orthodox Christianity. Next week I will provide an alternative for people who would like to be Christian without being fundamentalist. <laughs> that will be a very interesting, very interesting discussion. I cannot wait for that. Scott Smith with us today. He joins us live as live can get. And um, Scott, God Reconsidered. The book is available at godreconsidered.com. And uh, thank you, sir. We'll talk to you next week. We'll bother you next week. <laughs> thank you, man. Scott Smith with us today. We're going to take a time out top of the hour. Yay! Top of the 